0: What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell.
1: Jazz win 121 99 over the Sacramento Kings. The last game of the regular season, the Jazz 52 and 20, an NBA league best. They are the top seed going into the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, Rudy Gobert was asked about the 13,000 fans that will be in attendance for Jazz home games in the playoffs.
0: It's going to be amazing. You know, it's been a, it's been a challenging year for everyone, and uh, being able to to, to share the moment, you know, be able to have the, the presence of the fans, the energy of the fans uh, in the arena during the playoffs. I think it's going to be huge for us. Uh, you know, it's going to be a big lift, big, a big advantage and, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. You know, I can't wait to, uh, to get started and, you know, and uh, I think we're all excited about it. You know, 8,000 8, was already getting loud a little bit, but 13 should be, a, should be a pretty cool playoff atmosphere.
1: We do not know who the Jazz will face in the first round. The Western Conference playoff games start Wednesday. The Spurs will take on the Grizzlies. The Lakers will host the Warriors. Uh, The winner of the Warriors-Lakers game will be the seventh seed. The loser will face the winner of the Spurs and the Grizzlies uh, to battle for the eighth seed and, uh, of course, the opponent for the first round for the Utah Jazz. This bottom of the hour Jazz update brought to you by our friends at Saringa Networks.
0: Now, here we go. The regular season is over, and the top-seeded Utah Jazz are set to make their NBA playoff run. Here, every second of every moment of Jazz playoff basketball, right here on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5-1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Scott.
1: Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 975 and 1280 the zone. We're going to talk to Sarah Todd from the Desert News going up here momentarily, but right now it's time for the Uinta Golf PGA Championship giveaway. It'll be Caller 12 right now. See what player you get assigned for this year's PGA Championship, 855-340-ZONE. Caller 12 will be paired with a top 25 player, and one will be 26 in the field. If the player assigned to you wins, you will receive the same brand putter that player has in the bag. Qualifiers will uh, be assigned uh, Monday, today tomorrow, and Wednesday. It's brought to you by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golf since 1971. Again, caller 12, 855-340-ZONE. And uh, I know it's been going on for a year, but I'm still going to have to get used to the uh, PGA being uh, earlier in the golf or on the golf calendar and we'll of course talk to uh, the real golf radio guys uh, throughout the uh, throughout the week to preview that. But right now let's talk some jazz basketball. Let's jump out to the zone phone of course she covers the jazz for the Deseret News. She's Sarah Todd with us here on the big show. Hi Sarah, how are you?
2: I'm great. How are you guys doing?
1: We are wonderful. Uh, of course, we're 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 getting started to talk playoff basketball. Was just just great. Best time of the year. How big of a deal has uh, is the has this season been for the for the Jazz setting uh, records, finishing with the best uh, record in the league? Just uh, how big of a deal is it?
2: it it's a really big deal. I, I think that you know a lot of times fans uh, have a tendency to not really be in the moment and be worried about what's coming up next i mean you, you have that throughout the entirety of the regular season you know where people get caught up on one bad loss or you know how they've been playing through like the past two games or something and they can't really uh, get themselves to think about the end goal or or they think too far ahead and think about oh well what's going to happen in the first or the second round but I mean, it's really important to look at what the Jazz have actually been able to do. It's been a historic season. They have multiple players that are playing their absolute best basketball right now. I mean, you got you guys sort of on the tail end of careers like like Joe Ingles and Mike Conley that are playing at their absolute best. Rudy Gobert is probably going to win a third Defensive Player of the Year award, and they're number one in the league. They have home court for as long as they're in the playoffs, and. It's It's been a really, really important season and important, I think, for how they're going to be viewed past this year uh, on the national landscape.
3: How do you think it's going to go with uh, Donovan Mitchell coming back and uh, how bumpy a ride will that be or will it be smooth as can be?
2: I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, like anyone else, it'll probably take him just a little bit to kind of get back into playing rhythm, but you know, over the last few days, we've talked to Joe Ingles and Mike Conley and brought up those issues, you know, whether or not rest would be a problem and what they think about what the process is going to be like incorporating first Mike and then Donovan back into the starting lineup and into the rotation. And the point that they made is actually a very good one that, you know, throughout the majority of the regular season and, you know, looking back also to the bubble they were playing really well together and they had a lot of chemistry. And so that's not all going to just fall off of the board just because he's been gone for a few weeks. Uh, I mean, uh, 16 games, you'd like it to be less than that, but he missed at the tail end of the season, but that's not going to break this team. And they don't play a lot of isolation, heavy basketball. There's a lot of ball movement and that's what their offense is predicated on is moving the ball, drive and kick and get an open shooter. And so it's not like they have to have Donovan come in and score 50 points and win a game. They just need him to come in and play within the system. And that's not something that you lose your rhythm for. Maybe his shot doesn't fall perfectly when he first comes back, but there's also a lot of other scoring power on the team. And so I don't don't think that incorporating Donovan is going to be too big of a deal. And also to say he's 24 years old. It's not like you can get too rusty when you're 24.
1: Sir, of course uh, the Jazz would never tell us, but uh, who do you think they would prefer to play in the first round: Golden State or the Lakers?
2: I think uh, probably Golden State, um, uh, and that of course that all depends on you know how healthy the Lakers are. But I don't think that you go into a playoff series against the Lakers and ever think that LeBron James is going to miss time. And uh, I know that Steph has been Steph Curry has been playing. Uh, basically at an MVP level for the last couple of months. But I think with enough ball pressure from guys like Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell that uh, the the interior defense would be enough to take care of everyone else. I mean, Steph Curry would basically have to score 50 points to be able to beat the Jazz on a regular basis. I don't think that he can carry the Warriors through a seven-game series, even as good as he's been lately. I, I think they would prefer that matchup. You
3: know, the interesting thing about that is that what you were talking about earlier, that isolation that, that Donovan is capable of creating sort of messes up that switching defense at times that, uh, that the Warriors like to pull, at least did, when those guys were out of the lineup. So that, if that is, in fact, the first-round matchup, it'll be interesting to see the strategy involved in handling one another.
2: Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a really good point is that when you try to get around some of those switches, to have a guy that has such a quick first step is really important when you're going against that type of defense. And, you know, if, if I was thinking that maybe Donovan wouldn't be back or maybe they'd have to be cautious with Mike Conley, I'd be maybe a little bit more trepidatious about saying the Warriors are a favorable matchup. But I think, that, like you said, that first step is really important.
1: Gordon and I were just having a chat about the, uh, the postseason awards. Um, and feel free to disagree with any of this. But uh, we think that Rudy is, is probably a shoe in for Defensive Player of the Year. Clarkson probably a shoe in for, for Sixth Man of the Year. And we kind of got to discussing Coach of the Year. And I don't think Coach Snyder's is going to get it, but I think he really deserves it. What do you think about those, uh, those opinions?
2: Yeah, I've been talking about this uh, a lot lately, whether it's in my own columns or podcast or just with friends in conversation. And, uh, you know, I think that it's easier to narrow down Defensive Player of the Year, six Man of the Year, um, awards like that where it's very performance-based, but, you know, like an MVP or Coach of the Year, very specifically, are more narrative-based than they are performance-based, whether... that's to the benefit or detriment. I don't know what the answer is. And so I think that it just depends on the voters, the people who are actually voting, whether or not they are going to be looking maybe at the narrative or the performance. Because if you're looking at the narrative, then Monty Williams and Tom Thibodeau have very good stories about, um, you know, taking teams out of, you know, playoff relegation and bringing them back into the fold and, um I think that has a lot more to do, actually, with how the team is playing rather, maybe, than the coaching. And I think that it's it's harder to take a team from bad to from it's harder to take a team from good to great than it is from bad to good. And that's what Quinn has done with the Jazz. You know, they were kind of a middling playoff team for the last few years, and now they're the number one team in the league. And I think that that's a greater leap than maybe some people give him credit for. At the same time, I mean, it's really incredible what Tom Thibodeau has been able to do with the Knicks. I mean, that's a ragtag group of guys. I mean, they don't have the stars. They don't have, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Mooker like Monty Williams does with the Suns. And they don't have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley like the Jazz do. I mean, they got Julius Randle, who I don't think anyone thought would play as good as he's been playing this season and so it, it just depends i guess on the voter and how they look at it i do think that quinn snyder is deserving but i don't i think that maybe the story is just not as compelling as uh some of the other ones so uh i w- i wouldn't be shocked if he got a lot of votes but i also wouldn't be shocked if he didn't win it
3: you know i like what you said there sarah do you play golf
2: uh, i I used to play golf Are
3: I you? did i was on I was on a junior college golf team you well, no big deal, deal. No big deal. <laughs> oh wow all right so you would you would uh, I think it, it, there's a nice analogy there and Jake's heard me say this before that you said it's it's more difficult to go from good to great than it is from sort of bad to sort of good. And, and I compare it to a golf game. You know, when you first start playing golf, you can, you know, if you get some instruction, you can, you can whittle some, some strokes off your average round uh, relatively quickly. But when it gets down to going from a two handicap to scratch, I mean, each, each one of those gets more difficult to get there. You know, and I think that, that works with what you're saying for, uh, for the teams.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could use, I mean, almost any analogy for, for any sport that works, you know. The, for the teams that are finishing, personally, for a player who's at the top of his game, it's always harder to get to that top tier level. And so if you look at, you know, what the Jazz have been able to do, part of the reason that I think that maybe they won't get votes is because the the storyline of being at the top all season, like, You know, there wasn't a lot of fluctuation. The Jazz have been basically the number one team for the majority of the year. And so, you know, while you've got other teams jockeying and you've got the Suns and they're moving up slowly and then they almost reach the Jazz at the very end and then the Knicks who nobody thought were going to be in the playoffs this year and now they've got home court advantage in the first round. You know, those are things that have been happening through the course of the season and you kind of forget who's just at the top and who's consistently great. Uh, And that story just doesn't grab people as easily. I think it's the same, like you said, for golfers or for any sport. You know, the greats are just there. It's when somebody else comes in and does something that you kind of take notice.
1: You know what I learned today, Gordon? What? If I ever play golf with Sarah, I'm leaving my wallet at home.
2: No you don't gambling. have to worry about that. <laughs> if, we're, if, we're playing, if we're playing holes, then you can bring your wallet. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring it out on the driving range. <laughs> All right, good now, good hold know. on
3: here, Sarah. Once you've got it the way you had it, you don't lose it. You know, you you could get it back quickly. I, I, I could
2: get it. I could probably. I could on the back nine. I'll probably swing into form.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and real quick before we let you go, Sarah, I know you launched a new podcast. Get the word out.
2: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I'm part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Me and my co-host, Greg Foster. No, not that Greg Foster. <laughs> uh, we launched Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz podcast, and uh, we've had great reception. There's two episodes that are out right now. we got a new one coming out on Wednesday, and we're going to be... Uh, coming out with one episode regularly through the week, but also like bonus recap episodes after every playoff game, and a lot of deep dives. And we'll be around throughout the entire off season. And I'm really excited. It's turning out really well.
1: Well, Sarah, thanks for jumping on with us as always. And uh, keep your phone on. I'm sure we'll be bugging you a lot over the next uh, few weeks.
2: Yeah, no problem. Looking forward to it, guys.
1: Thanks, Sarah. It's our friend Sarah Todd. Uh She covers jazz for the Desert.
2: Ever play golf? Oh well,
3: I
1: was on a golf team. I, you know, I used to play, uh, you know, eh, collegiately. <laughs> you know, just no big deal. Just throwing that in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can, see,
3: those are the th- kinds of things you got to find out before you go out and play before golf Before you people. do that, yeah, yeah, because you don't want them out there, you know, hacking around at first, going, "Okay, all right, I got this."
1: No, no, yeah. you got to play it. Played a pretty high level to get that far. <laughs> you've I'm been sure. hustled
3: on the golf course.
1: No, but I don't really gamble on the golf course. Yeah. So, Austin,
3: you? I bet you've lost a lot of money on the. Golf no, course. I've no. I'm not dumb. I know where I stand
1: on my golf. Course. Yeah, you kind of have to think you're going to win to bet. Yeah, right? but then
3: you get some strokes, right? You get a couple. You get a stroke a hole.
1: So the only time I've ever really put anything on the line
3: in a round of golf was uh, dinner at the clubhouse afterward. So like a, a ham sandwich and a and a coke. And uh, we went 18 holes and we're still tied. So we went another six and we're still tied. So then we went to the chipping range oh. to see who could get closest. And I lost by an inch. So
1: I was Horton. 15 years old. It's
3: Horton luck. Very, it's very just, Horton-esque yeah, right yeah. there. You have no doubt. I, by the way, I had another Horton-esque moment this morning I'll have to tell you about later. Oh, uh, tell us now. No, I'll tell you maybe next segment if you're good.
1: All right. Stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next, <laughs> 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.